Here's Paul. Dallas has fouled the gift. Booker on a three. He got it. Devin Booker gives Phoenix a one-point lead with five from long range. Durant's got 11. Crank goes down. Durant has got a highlight. Tatum drives down and throws it down. Wow. Welcome back, everyone, to the Sports Bits Podcast. And, uh, yeah, we are back at school finally, so we're going to have a lot more content coming up, especially for the midseason, uh, Mark, and especially because of uh, what all-star break and possible like midseason MVPs, all this stuff coming in, in the works. So, yeah, look out for that, and we are going to jump right into this because we have quite a bit to talk about, including a, a recent uh, debate that came up with the 17 war- uh, 2017 Warriors versus the 96 Bulls. So that will be it towards the end of the episode, so stick around for that. But for right now, let's get into a quick little news segment. Um, personally, I did want I personally wanted to talk about this uh, trade. It's a low-key trade, but I think there's a lot of implications uh, for the player and also for the uh, team that uh, that player got traded to. But um, for Cam Reddish, he got traded to the Knicks. And, of course, the Knicks and Hawks traded. Um, so the Knicks received Cam Reddish, Solomon Hill, and a 2025 second-round pick via Brooklyn. And then the Hawks received Kevin Knox, a 2022 first-round pick via Charlotte. So personally... It's not much. I don't see much out of this other than Cam Reddish gets a new team to like show off his skills at and maybe get paid because it is the last year of his contract. So we'll see what uh, the Knicks do with that. But uh, what are y'all thoughts on that in- initially when you saw that? Um, I like this trade. Um, yeah, so I like Cam Reddish, so I'm actually pretty into this trade. Um, you know, he's been dealing with some injuries, um, you know, not a whole lot of playing time. There's a really crowded rotation on the Hawks right now in terms of wing wing players um so i think this is gonna be really good for him personally um we'll see how he does it's gonna really come down i think we all know his offensive ability i think a lot of it's gonna come down to his defensive ability because we know how tibbs and the knicks are right now they're a pretty defensive minded team i don't think their defensive rating is too good right now but i know last year it really was tibbs still likes to focus a lot on defense so if he can defend multiple positions and if he can you know kind of like use the length that he has um, you know, reaching those passing lanes and kind of just be a relatively good wing defender. And I see him getting a lot of minutes. Um, and he's, I think he's going to get a bag as well. He's definitely going to be able to show off his skills. I like it. I think this is super interesting. Um, I'm really actually going to take a weird side to this a little bit. But, um, you know, I think it's super cool that R.J. Barrett and Cam Radish are back together again. You know, they're, they're going to be dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they you know they played at the uh, they played at the same college and they're gonna they're gonna be balling out together. I think they're gonna have a lot of good chemistry and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, you know, we'll see where it goes with it. I mean, who knows? We've seen guys who've played together at college before in the league and it's worked out well. Sometimes it hasn't, but you know, who knows? These guys are young; they could definitely develop together into a really good squad. Um, so I think that's super interesting for the Knicks. Um, as far as the Hawks go, I don't. Really see a certain like a, a full like um, you know take back from this other than the, the pick, to be honest. But um, you know I think Kevin Knox is kind of a bum. Uh, he was. Uh, I mean I'm I'm gonna be straight. No, up. I mean I I completely glossed over the fact that Solomon Hill and Kevin Knox were in this trade as well. Yeah, I just talked about Cam. Yeah, it's like you know I the fact that Solomon Hill is like you know Solomon Hill. It was just like there. Kevin Knox like he had a lot of potential. Uh, a couple of years ago when he was drafted and like, you know, it's, he literally has done nothing. Like, Obi Toppin is better than him and like, it's just blatant to see all that already. 
So it's like, you know, for me, it's very disappointing to see Kevin Max, somebody who was so hyped up for a couple of years ago in the draft and just absolute dog water. <laughs> yeah, well, nothing, too much on, nothing too much on the Hawks. <laughs> you ain't going to develop very well in the Knicks, uh, you know, because they've been poorly managed this whole time since uh, ever since before Tibbs came in. And then now Tibbs is actually doing a decent job, I think, uh, so far with the Knicks. Um, Honestly, I think Cam Reddish is, and again, I agree with you, Cam Reddish and RJ Baker, great pairing. Uh, a lot of people are talking about get Zion in there, get the Duke trio back together. The Duke trio could be killer in the NBA. If we Zion don't know. ever plays again. If he ever plays again, that's also another thing. So they don't know how that's going to work out. Um, yeah, I think my, my main logic, like my main like thought, like thinking when it comes to this trade is that uh, I think the Hawks don't have money and they don't want to pay money to Cam Reddish when it comes time for his contract at the end. And I think the Knicks have money for it. So that's why they trade to the Knicks, and then the Knicks obviously get another good, uh, you know, shot creating man defender at best. I feel like he's mainly an offensive guy. Pay, um, John Collins and Trey Young. So yeah, I feel like they yeah. don't really have like a whole lot of room for like a a big player like Cam Reddish, especially if he does. And Herder. And Herder, yeah, I'm, they're paying Herder, and I think I don't know Gallinari's contract, but some part of me wants to say that he's being overpaid right now by them. Yep, but I'm not sure what his exact <laughs> yeah. contract is. I can. I'm gonna look at that right now just to make sure. Yeah. So yeah, they're already paying John Collins 23 million, and then they have Gallinari on 21, Bogdan Bogdanovich at 18 million. You say Gallinari at 21 million? Yeah, it's 20 20.5 20. this year and the 21 next year. Uh, Clint Capella, uh, really good. Yeah, that's so bad. But 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 Clint Capella on a, one of the best contracts as a defensive center. Um, it's a 17 currently, and it goes up to 22 in 2024. I like that's that contract. Good, that's, like, that's a good, good that's a steal for the Hawks. I think so. And Trey Young is actually he actually got extended. Uh, that's probably why they can't afford him. They extended him he actually got extended this year, last year, I'm pretty sure, or last year or this year, and he's pay, getting he even paid thirty nine million in twenty twenty six. That man's only getting paid forty million dollars in twenty twenty six. But I, can't, I still can't get over Gallinari getting paid twenty one. That's so crazy. <laughs> how yes. the hell is that guy? Who's like how old is that guy? That guy's like thirty. What is he like thirty three, thirty four? I can look at that right now. He is uh, thirty three. 33 years old. You're getting paid over 20 mil. Yep. Dude, this uh, <laughs> guy never, like, barely averaged over 21 seasons. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. like, dude, he's, don't get me wrong. Like, he was a really good piece for them Hawks, but 21 mil, I don't know about that. Uh, he's just dude. been a really – I mean, he's out of his peak. So, like, what? and at his peak, he was really good. He's scoring almost 20 a night, shooting almost 45% from three. Like, he's he's a, no, really he's good. a good shooter for sure. But, but, but currently – 21 mil? He's starting to get old and starting to regress, so that's not good. But yeah, that's probably why they couldn't afford him. And plus, they they possibly I think they're trying to save that money for actually um what's his name uh, DeAndre Hunter. I think they'd rather keep Hunter than Reddish right now, just as a defensive uh, wing, as a, th- a small forward, and probably going to trade Gallo so they can put Hunter Hunter in the starting lineup. Uh, yeah, I mean that's probably what their plan is. That's my assumption. I don't know if you guys have any any different thoughts about it. And also um, another person to note, uh, Kevin Herter is also getting paid. Decent amount of money. So. I think Kevin Herter deserves it, though, in my opinion. Yeah. He's good for them. Yeah. So, I mean, for the Knicks, could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. They have they, they thought they saw uh, signed a great scoring uh, to a two-way player in Evan Fournier, but that didn't turn out that well. So we'll see what Cam Reddish does. So, um, Yeah, I don't see this, like, really being bad for the Knicks at all. I mean, all they lost was Kevin Knox and, a, I mean, 2022 first-round pick, I guess. But, like... I mean, I don't see this working out poorly for the Knicks, like in any capacity, nope. really. 
I just noticed a pattern here, and that's all I'm saying. Is that, is that Fournier blue, Kemba blue, Cam might blow. <laughs> <laughs> he might. He might. We don't. We don't. It might be the Knicks curse. The Knicks might where just is, be cursing every Fournier, single point guard since Derrick Rose and Yeah, not Derrick Rose. Um, what's his name? Yeah. Okay. So it's only when uh, um, Celtics go to the Knicks. So, I mean, as long as they don't get another <laughs> Celtics player, they'll be fine. Hey, the Hawks could be the reverse. The Hawks get it, giving people to the Knicks. That could be a good sign. Could be the opposite. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe we'll see. Yeah, like maybe there's like some weird like mojo going on where Kevin Knox is going to like blow the hell up, you know? He could. Uh, he could. <laughs> he could. Probably not. Probably not, but he could. Um, you never know. Anyway. Don't, count, don't count the man's out. Yeah, that's the only news we really had for this week. But uh, for the next uh, uh, segment, we're going to do another rookie report. But it's for the midseason. We have a lot of rookies that have gone up and gone down throughout the season. And the first one I want to talk about, actually, I don't know if you guys want, I don't know if you want to talk about Reed, but I want to talk about because he's on my fantasy team. And absolutely, I've been following him hard. And also, I've been following the Raptors really hard because of him. But Scotty Barnes yeah, leading the rookies in minutes and also probably the front runner next to Jalen Green. For or actually no next to Evan Mobley as the rookie of the year because I think he's been a major been a major role player and impact player for the Raptors. James James does so I'm say that's I'm going to say that. In a, we'll uh, get into it in a minute, but I just want to mention Dark Horse, Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner. We will Dude, talk no, about Franz him. Wagner later. is crazy right now. Yeah, but we, we are going to go over. Yeah, we are going to go over all the top rookies that we had in our last segment. And also, yeah, we're going to talk about all the rookies we had talked about last segment. And talk we have, I think there's only two rookies in this segment that we did not talk about last yeah. segment. Yeah. So, uh, actually, I think it's only one. But, yeah, yeah we'll, so we'll talk about him when he comes out. I mean, James already said it's Franz Wagner. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah, but uh, for Scotty Barnes, averaging 14 points a game, not basically eight rebounds, three assists. No, that's pretty average numbers. But I think his main like like shining i guess stat or trait is his defense again he fits in that raptors like gritty defensive uh kind of place or not place up but like i guess system because they've got Pascal siakam back they got fred van fleet they're all dogs they all play hard on hard on defense and they play really well on offense so i think they he was honestly no everyone was thinking that was the worst pickup pick in the whole draft but looking at it now with hindsight that was a great pick for the raptors and this could be an amazing I guess step forward for the Raptors since OG Ananobi starting to, you know, take a step forward, and everybody else, all the and they got Gary Trent, so they have a lot of good pieces that could develop into a great team in the future. So Scotty Barnes, look out for him for the next couple of years. Yeah, I like watching Scotty Barnes play. He's really he's really good in transition as well. Like he's just like fast, he's big, um, and he just gets to the rack. He's a really good finisher as well. Yeah, solid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> all right. We'll talk yeah, about. We'll, we'll switch it up. We'll switch it up. I'm not going to take all of them. I just want to talk about Scotty Barnes. So I'm really no, excited Scotty about Barnes him. is an absolute dog. I love Scotty. But um, yeah. So we talked about this guy last time. Uh, right now we're going to go into Josh Giddy. So last time we talked about Josh Giddy, we were saying a lot of what he did was really good. You know, he was a good rebounder, good passer, arguably one of the better playmakers in. Um, I think he. I think he's top three playmakers in this uh, in this draft class right now. Um, but so he turned up his scoring from last time. We said that that was a bit of an issue. You know, he was only scoring nine and a half uh, a game. I say only nine and a half a game. It's really not that bad. But um, he turned it up a little bit. He's shooting uh, 11 and a half points per game, scoring 11 and a half points per game. My bad. Seven rebounds, six assists. So, I mean, he's pretty much got it all. You know, his scoring, if he wants to become really like a first scoring option, um, he's going to have to turn it up a little bit. But I think right now what he's doing for the OKC Thunder is really good. They already have 
uh, Shea as their main scorer. Um, they have a super young core. So I think Josh Giddy is going to be there for a while. And, um, I mean, yeah, they kind of just have to really use, like, this young core to develop them around. Um, yeah, I, I really like what Josh Giddy is doing. He's great. Also, youngest player in NBA history to triple-double at 19 years old. Good for him. I think that Josh Giddy is a, a great player. I think that, he's like you said, he's doing great for the uh, for Thunder, especially for that kind of young core team. Um, I think that he's definitely put, making more of a facilitated role as a uh, Shea. You know, he can he can he can pass the ball, but maybe not as good as good as Josh Giddy. Yeah, so he's I think that, for sure. Yeah, so I think that Giddy uh, handles a little bit more of the playmaking, which I think is great. I mean, they definitely could use that, and um, you know, the Thunder are starting to get a little bit more of a groove going. Obviously, they still suck, but um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's the Thunder. Yeah, but like you know, like they might ha- have something cooking in the next couple of years with uh, those two still on the team. Yeah, I like how much like trust they've given Josh Giddy. You know, yeah. like they were kind of just like here, like here you go. You know, we're just gonna like start you right off the bat, basically. Um, and he's, I mean, he's shown that he deserves it. You know, he's definitely gonna be like I see him being. Um, I, I kind of want to say similar, almost like a Jason Kidd. You know, where like he's really good passer, good rebounder, and like a meh scorer. Yeah. You know, I mean, Jason Kidd was like a pretty good shooter as well. But um, like I see, I see like a lot of that in him. I don't know why. I mean, I can, I can partly agree with that. Um, but the only thing, my only thing about Josh Giddy is that if he plays really well, we know what Sam Presti does. He might trade. They might trade him. We don't know. So he's playing really I mean, well. I Hopefully, feel like, he's dude, them. they already have the picks. I feel like at some point they have they to, to hold start their, actually building and hold you know, their like assets. They have I guess. The picks. You know, at at some point they gotta start building something. They can't just the next two years. Like they like they literally dominate the draft. Like I don't yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't put a lot of your chips into those guys. Yeah, I feel yeah. like now it's like now or never. You know, if they're gonna start like either. They start building now, where they're going to turn into Bobcats. Yeah, and they're just not going to have good <laughs> uh, players ever. They're just going to keep trading it away for no reason. Yeah, you know, now the Thunder's weird right now. Yeah. The next player that we are talking about is uh, somebody who I have on my fantasy team, Nate Cunningham. Yep. Um, Jackass stole that from me on the waiver wire. <laughs> yeah, I didn't steal anything. Tim was just a dumbass and dropped him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I picked him up. I had him on my waiver claim. You were like one spot ahead of me. Anyways, but yeah, so Anyways. He, uh, he's uh, he turned around his uh, his slow start, which we did. Um, he's starting to lead the rookies in scoring, which is awesome at fifteen point seven points per game. Um, he's also averaging 5.6 rebounds per game as well as 5.3 assists per game. Doing solid over the over the statue, you know, he's covering a lot of the boards. Um, and he's uh, he's he's really starting to make this Detroit team uh, like get in shape for rebuilding, you know, fully. Um, you know, obviously they still have more to do and they have to develop him a little bit more. And uh, but they should definitely start building around him. And um, I think that. He has, has a lot of potential to bring to the table. Um, so with, if they keep him over, over, around for these next couple of years, um, you know, it definitely is going to exponentially help their team and hopefully getting through a playoff run. You know, uh, that's ultimately what their goal is. Um, and I think that Jeremy Grant is a big help with that. Um, so I think that both of them complement each other well, and I think that it's starting to have some cooking for them. Um, similar to the Thunder, they're not a great team right now, but they have something there that they can work with. Yep. 
And uh, the one thing I wanted to know about Kate Cunningham, I mean, he's a great offensive player, but I think his defense still needs some work. I think that he needs to take time to develop that. And maybe maybe a different system like a Tibbs system might be helpful for him to get in that system and begin the, like a mindset of defense. But he's that's the only like, negative I can see like for Kate. He's He's been okay, but like when I've watched him, he hasn't been great. So maybe it's just a slight game. Maybe he's like an on-and-off defender type guy. Like he's good on some days and bad on some days. So he, maybe consistency is what he needs to look for. But uh, overall, he's a really good player, and I think he can – develop really well in the next couple of years of course so uh for the next player i, mean, I don't know if you guys have any other comments i just want to like, just pause there for a second no, not about Cade. Nope. All, the bases. all right so the next one um jalen green um so this guy uh just came off i think it was an ankle or knee injury and that was you know that hurt his season a little bit because he was out for i guess a couple a few weeks but again he's played really well Barring that injury and before that injury, he played really well. And I think even after his injury, he's been, you know, getting himself back into get back, uh, himself back into the motions. Averaging 15 points, three and two. You know, um, with him, it's mainly, I guess, trying to mesh with KPJ. And I'm assuming if the Rockets want to go KPJ and Jalen Green is their future, they're just finding that chemistry together. This is the most important part, being the first year rookie that he is and a KPJ being having a little more experience, but still being a young guy. You know, find that chemistry, and hopefully they can like be an amazing duo. You know, for example, like Clay and stuff. I think they can have that capability if they you know work together and be able to develop. And also maybe a, I guess Steven Silas he's a great coach, so hopefully they'll be able to find a system around those two guys. Uh, my only thing about uh, Jalen Green is just I guess if injuries are still a problem because his knee injury was uh, kind of a, like a really hard I guess um, not stint, but like it was a little hard thing on his resume. So hopefully that doesn't repeat. Maybe he'll get better and he'll be more consistent in the future. But overall, great player. There's not really much qualms against him. Yeah, so my only problem with Jalen Green right now, and I I really want the Rockets to go all in on Jalen Green and KPJ. I think those two together would be great. But right now, both of them are shooting like so unbelievably poorly. It's painful to watch. Um like KPJ right now, he's shooting under 40% from the field. So is Jalen Green. Jalen Green is shooting 30% from three on six attempts a game. Like, it is horrendous. It is really bad. And obviously, I mean, they're 19 and 21 years old, respectively. Um, or Jalen Green. Yeah, Jalen Green's 19 years old. So like, Even so, they shouldn't be taking that many shots. Like, it's, it's really bad, you know? And I don't know. I think that... A couple. I want to give him a couple more years before anybody counts him out. You know, I mean, Jalen Green's quite literally a rookie, so he's fine. Um, you know, he definitely needs to find an offensive system that's going to work for him. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. needs to stop turning the ball over. That's a huge problem <laughs> for him as well. But that's a different yeah. conversation. But um, yeah, I mean, right <clears throat> now I really like Jalen Green, what he's doing, but he just needs to find his rhythm in his shot because right now it's just not falling the way they need to. To deviate slightly. Um, I do think that the two duos, the two young duos in the league right now that have the capability of having potential like uh, CJ and Dame is Jalen Green and KPJ and uh, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. Mm-hmm. Those are definitely two, two uh, front court um, uh, duos that I definitely think have capability to reaching that potential. It just is it's going to take time. And we'll see how they do. We'll see if any of them leave their teams. We'll see if any of them get traded. You know, it's going to take a long time for them to kind of get into a groove with each other. I think Colin Sexton and Darius Garland definitely have that mesh together. So they're definitely starting to have something cooking with Cleveland. As far as Jalen Green and 
APJ's, they're definitely going to need some more time uh, in Houston to be able to take something of it. Yeah, I like them, though. It's a good young duo. Most yep. of you got anything to say about them? Nothing. Um, I guess right. you want to take the next one, or did James actually want to talk about this next player? Yeah, James, you seem like you were more in on this one than uh, yeah, I was. for sure. I'll take uh, I'll take from Wagner. So, um, basically, yeah, the next person that we're talking about is Franz Wagner. Um, right now, he's leading uh, the rookies in games played, which is at 44 right now, and he hasn't missed uh, uh, since the start of the season. Currently, he's averaging uh, 15, point, uh, uh, 15 points per game. 4.7 rebounds per game and 2.9 assists per game. Um, it might seem a little bit less than the, uh, the other rookies that we have talked about, but on the court, his presence is so apparent. He helps that uh, Orlando team exponentially, uh, along with Cole Anthony. You know, the, those two guys are really stepping up big for that Orlando team, which is absolute garbage. Like, there is literally nobody on that team except for those yeah, guys run. that can actually do something, except maybe no Bombo. Um, but and even uh, Mo Bamba's like, yeah, Mo Bamba. exactly. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Franz Wagner as a rookie, him taking this kind of leap, um, is awesome to see. Um, same thing, like I mentioned earlier with Cole Anthony, I mean, he took a massive step since his rookie season. Um, so I think that, you know, this could be a very dangerous duo as well. Um, but you know, I think Franz Wagner is going to continue to develop and continue to show more in the league and prove that he can definitely be the rookie of the year because he is for sure a dark horse um, in that race. Um, he's getting a lot of playing time as well. Um, and like, a, like I mentioned before, his, his team is really not that good. So I think that they're giving him the full green light and I'm excited to see what else he has to do. Yeah, I love Franz Wagner. Uh, he's on the team with his brother, which is like weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because like also Mo Wagner like kind of sucks. Just hilarious. Everybody thought that Mo was going to be so much better than Franz Wagner. Yeah, but that's just not the case at all. Oh. Did you guys see what happened with um, Mo? I think it was Mo and um, and Luca. Yeah, they were yeah. like down twenty, and Jalen Suggs gets the uh, the N one, and then Luca just gets like hell pissed. That was funny. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I like Franz Wagner. Um, I think the main thing about this Orlando Magic team is like you think about like you say that there's no one on the team, which is totally true, but like. You look at the roster, and it's not like everyone sucks. Yeah, like no, they don't. They, they should. Like, well, the question is, they should Terrence suck. Ross. Like Terrence should, Ross doesn't blow. He they, just they like, shouldn't like, suck. They shouldn't suck. Like right now, I think they've won seven, eight games. Like that is like something else is going on in Orlando. Yeah, it's not just the roster. I think. be honest, I think that it, personally, it's a similar situation to what was it? Um, I can't think of the team right now, but. Um, <laughs> I think it's the coaching staff. I think that it's, oh. it's higher up in the org. You know, it's I don't. Be. It's yeah. gotta be because I mean, when you have like someone like Cole Anthony right now who's playing great, they got Jalen Suggs as well. Who I yeah. know he came off of an injury, but he's playing decently well. Um, and Franz Wagner, you know, Mo Bamba. Even though like Mo Bamba is not like a great scorer or whatever, but he's a solid defensive center. You know, like your team should be better defensively with him. Um, yeah, just on the court. So it's something else is going on in Orlando that they got to figure out. Yep, I'll just note that uh, Jamal Mosley, his, this is his first year being a head coach, so this probably is okay, an effective, that, a side effect of that. Um, yeah, that could be. But for the next guy, uh, Chris Duarte. We actually had a lot of high hopes in our last rookie report for Chris Duarte. Um, he's just on a very lackluster Pacers team, so I think that's the only reason why he's not playing as well. Of course, he's getting a lot of mi- minutes because Brogdon's been out throughout the season and Carousel Vert was out part of the season, so he's getting minutes. But uh, averaging 12 points, uh, 
four rebounds, two assists. You know, he's an average rookie. I just it's just a really bad situation, just like Franz Wagner. It's a really bad situation for him. Maybe he'll get if he gets traded. Maybe he gets traded to a better team. But if not, this Patriots team really get, really got to step up or just do, do something. This Patriots team has always been pissing us off because we don't know. know what they're doing, what their plan is. We have no idea what's going right on. Right now, this Pacers team is a front runner for most disappointing seasons. Yes. We always – I know we talked about it at the beginning. We're like the, the Pacers are usually like pretty mid. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they hover around like 500, a little bit below, a little bit above. I think they were a little bit above last year. Mm-hmm. They were like somewhere in like the 55 or something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah. like, I mean, this year, like something just like – I don't know, bit everyone in the ass, and it's just can, not working out. I can tell you what it is. It's you can say it's Rick Carlisle. No, I, I really <laughs> love it. it should not be Rick Carlisle. It's it definitely not, in not my Rick eyes. Yeah. Um, it's the the fact that uh, Sabonis and um, Turner don't want to freaking be there. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> not to mention that, like, it doesn't help that Malcolm Brogdon's been out for a while. Yeah, the team That's morale it. is just so low that no one cares. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, yeah, I'm sure it doesn't help that they heard. I bet I know they heard all the rumors about like the trades. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Like, of course, they heard about that. So and they all know that it's true. Yeah. yeah so we'll, I don't know. Let's say let's enough depressing Pacers talk. Let's talk about a little more exciting team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think you've got this one, James. So yeah. So uh, mentioning like I had before, uh, Evan Mobley uh, on the Cleveland Cavaliers leading the rookie in rebounds currently, and he's doing awesome for them. Um, he's uh, yeah, he's uh, scoring 15 points per game, eight rebounds per game, uh, 2.7 assists per game, and 1.7 blocks per game. As a rookie, that's pretty damn impressive. As almost anybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, currently, he is actually leading the Cavs in blocks um, with Jared Allen on the same team playing beside him. Like Jared Allen is an amazing shot blocker and doing fantastic for my fantasy team. But <laughs> Um, I digress, but, um, yeah, so, uh, Evan Mobley is doing awesome. Uh, and it, you know, he's, he's really stepping up for this, for this cast team. And I think that they have a big, big future ahead of them. They're already doing great in, um, in the, uh, the regular season. I'm pretty sure that they, they are supposed to be in the playoffs right now, if I'm not. They're like the fourth seed in the East. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Pop my head, I think. Yeah, yep. so like they're doing pretty good, um, and uh, the Cavs are really making a massive case for the most improved team, and Mobley has been a large, large, large part of that. Especially yeah. with Sexton being out on injury, too. He has yeah. had, he's had to make a lot of stuff up, uh, so he's done really well. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually I mean, loving what, what Evan Mobley's doing for the, for the Cavs. He's going to, I think, he's like one of the most complete products to come out of the, the draft. You know, like, yeah. we got a lot of solid players like Cade. You know, Josh Giddy's good, Scotty Barnes. But, like, Mobley, you watch him play, and he doesn't play like a rookie. You know, like, he's got, like, good footwork. He's got a good shot. You know, he's good defensive-minded. Like, he really seems to know what he's doing. Yeah. And I, I mean, bet you guys are pretty, about that. He has pretty much summed it up for me. I mean, Mobley, I think he'll be a great player for many years as long as injuries don't plague him. So that's my little say, uh, stint on that. Um, I mean, if, I mean that's it for the rookie report. I mean, that's uh, the four. I guess the six guys we really wanted to highlight is just some of them really bad situations, some of them really good, and you know that's probably. I think I think environment's really uh, the factor, a main factor in all these players. Uh, maybe if Chris Duarte was on the Raptors or something, it'd be better. But that's 
not happening. So they got to work with what they got and just play really well. Maybe uh, get traded or just have got, I mean, hopefully their team gets better. So uh, speaking of um, great teams, uh, our debate is finally here. We're going to be talking about the 2017 Warriors versus the 96 Bulls. Um, there's a, recently, of course, this this uh, debate came up because Steph Curry was asked about if the Warriors with KD, which is the 2017 Warriors, could beat the 96 Bulls in the finals. His quote, exact quote was absolutely dot, dot, dot. You could put us on paper with them. I like our chances. I'd say dubs in 6-2. Yeah. So that sparked a debate on Twitter and everywhere else in NBA circles. Who would win? So we are going to go into a few little talking points and then give our opinions. And uh, let's start with the lineups, which I'm going to discuss. So with the 96 Bulls, the starting lineup would be Ron Harper, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Tony Kuko, and Dennis Rodman. And this does not include six men of the year. Uh, Steve Kerr, my sixth man of the year, Steve Kerr, that year. But for the Warriors, they got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, KD, Iguodala, Draymond Green. So I'll, off lineups alone, personally, I'm going to take the Warriors. Well, I would take the Warriors just blanket off of that. But the next segment, our next part of this, uh, I guess, little discussion James will talk about will, it plays a big factor in how these teams interact when they play each other in the finals. So, James, do you want to talk about these uh, inter- the interaction, I guess? Let me get into my psychoanalysis here. Um, essentially, <laughs> what we're discussing here today uh, is the eras in which that they have both played in. You know, you have to keep in mind that the Warriors are playing in a very, very new age where essentially one of their players, Steph Curry, has changed the game in general. You know, there is so much three-point shooting nowadays as well. And with that Warriors team, all of those guys can shoot. Kind of dream on. But, um, you know, with that keeping in mind, you know, it's going to be really difficult for the Bulls, who played in the 90s, to be able to kind of keep up with the Warriors' three-point shooting. I mean, KD is an unstoppable shooter. Uh you know, Clay Thompson's an unstoppable shooter. Steph Curry's an unstoppable shooter. It's going to be very difficult to limit those three-point shots. And as we know, threes are more than twos. So, you know, there's going to be a lot more scoring from uh, coming from the Warriors' side. On the other hand, 96 Bulls were one of the most defensively aggressive teams. And with that keeping in mind, you know, it's going to be very difficult for the Warriors to be able to bypass all of the Bulls players. <laughs> um, but and especially some people like Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan can really lock up. You know, so if we're gonna have either Jordan on Curry or Clay Thompson, it's gonna be very difficult for them to get open shots because Michael's gonna be on top of them. And as well as Scotty Pippen, you know, me and Makoto and we had uh, talked about this before. Um, Pippen is gonna working KD probably the hardest that he's ever had his career. So it's definitely going to be a lot of adjusting for the teams to do, and it should be a very interesting matchup. Um, but yeah, I mean, a, a lot of a, some of these players even cancel out. I mean, Dennis Rodman and Draymond Green basically do the same kind of maneuvers and don't really score, but get a lot of boards. Draymond's a little bit better in a passer, but uh, Dennis Rodman's a little bit better on defense. So, I mean, it's definitely a toss-up for sure. Yeah, I feel like every time I look at this, it's like I flip-flop. You know, like you look at the the direct matchups that each person has, and you can take it one matchup at a time. 
but I think the main thing to worry about, like to think about when it comes to this, um, like you just said, was the era. You know, like I mean, the, the fact that the Warriors were taking, like I don't even know how many threes they were taking. You know, but I mean, I can tell you, it was definitely a lot more than the Bulls were taking, or whoever the Bulls were playing against. So, um, I, I, I feel like it's almost like impossible to like even, you know, like hype hypothesize with it without um like actually just seeing it in action you know because right. um yeah i mean you got guys like like kevin durant you can't stop him you know like he's gonna score 25 probably i mean he's gonna have to work for it for sure you know and i mean you, you look at mike and like like is mike really gonna let steph like take all those you know like crazy contested threes like like steph is gonna get him off but like i feel like <laughs> mike's Pride is just gonna like hit him too hard. You know, and he's just gonna like not. He's just gonna lock stuff up. I feel. take it personal. You know, no, he's definitely yeah. gonna take it personal. Take it personal. <laughs> Which is what makes Mike so dangerous. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, me personally, I, I want to take the Warriors just because of the fact that they shoot so many threes, and I feel like, I mean, I do want to say though, in a seven-game series, Phil Jackson is probably gonna have his team figure out how to defend the three at some point, you know, but I, I just don't know if you're going to be able to really stop Steph play and Kevin Durant, you know, like I, it just seems like it's, it's too much, you know, and then you got scores like on the other team, you know, like Mike and Scotty are going to be the main scorers for sure, you know, and like, is anybody going to be able to lock them up? Like, hell no, you know, no. so like, this is such a toss up for me. Yeah. And not to mention their coach is playing on the Bulls right now, Steve Kerr who probably knows the Bulls the best out of anybody, assuming that Kurt is coaching and playing at the same time with the knowledge that he has of the 96 Bulls. Yeah, how would that work? Like, if we, like, went back in time and, like, somehow brought the Bulls in, like, like Steve Kerr would have to coach against himself. Yeah, he had to coach against himself. (laughs) So that would be interesting. Two Kerrs on the the court, one coaching and one playing. Um, I mean, my little thing about – I think the X factor right now for me, um, even though I'm leaning towards Warriors, is Tony Kukum because he's an amazing defender, amazing scorer. He might be able to, like, just outscore and out just play Iguodala and whoever's matched up against him. And if you've watched, of course, the Jordan documentary along with some of his games, he was really good. Like, even when Jordan was out, he basically took over the offense at some nights. So he's able to do that and take over. Same with Ron Hopper basically being, I think, as a facilitator. I think he was like mainly a scoring facilitating guard, to my understanding. So he'll basically be the Chris Paul, and he's yeah, like pretty. What is it? He's like a slashing playmaker. Slashing playmaker. He's pretty much Chris Paul, essentially. But I don't know if he can shoot as well as Chris Paul. But he's definitely the Chris Paul type, if I would say. I would say on that team. What? I don't know if I would compare Ron Hartford to Chris Paul. I'm talking about that in terms of a bit of a hot, that was a bit of a well, hot. Take it was right it was a there. hot take, but I'm talking about and it's not going to be as good. But I'm talking about like in terms of play style and how impact he's going to be on that lineup compared to the Warriors. But that's just know, my. Dude. I mean, because like just looking at, I mean, obviously stats don't tell the whole story. Yeah, I think uh, Reed's lagging out. He was like he. Was- he is lagging out. Um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> do we want to move on to uh, James? Do you think we should move on to who will win and how many games while uh, Reed's fixing his internet? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, like, uh, I definitely. Think I think we should just say who's going to win and how many games. Defense, uh, the duck. Yeah. So I think that uh, Bert Williams is in seven. 
You say Bulls in seven? I would go Bulls in seven. Bulls in seven. I definitely say I'm definitely gonna I'm still leaning towards Warriors, so I think Warriors in seven is gonna be really close. Again, this is a toss up for most debates and uh reads out. Um this is a toss up for most debates. Uh, I think it's Warriors in seven. And I think yeah, uh, I, 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 And you're lagging as well. Uh, I mean I oh, my bad. But um I definitely think that yeah. Good. All right, so Reed's gonna join in on the James side. Do you want to give your game, uh, your game, who's gonna win and how many games? You want to drop that in there right now? Uh, I think it's a seven-game series for sure. Whoever you guys have, because I missed. I don't know. Did you guys give me a taste there? I just yes. said that I think it would be Bulls in seven. And I said okay, Warriors in seven. Seven-game series. I wanted to say Bulls. I want to say Warriors. It's like it's hard. It's no, a really it's hard, hard decision. I, I want to say Warriors just because I feel like. They're going to be able. I think the. I don't see this Bulls team being able to like stop the three as much. Yeah, I mean you that's know? definitely true. And like yeah. they're not going to like fight fire with fire. Like Mike's not going to start checking up like ten. That's that's true. You know? The that's only true. thing that I really do believe that the Bulls would do better is their offense because they the Warriors don't have as much defense to guard like Mike. And that's very true. Yeah, yeah. especially if uh, Mike takes it personally. He he is going to score sixty that game, and it's not going to not going to stop him. Yeah, like, so I mean, you're, like Clay's a good defender, but Mike's giving play for you. Yeah, it's yeah. Hard. yeah. It's, so, it's really hard. It's very difficult. Yeah, hypothetical. But it's yeah. I think. I think the X factor if he takes it personally. I think I think we ended on that. I think we should end it on that. Is that Comment Mike takes it personally, Bulls are winning no matter what. Yeah. Comment down below. Who Comment down below. below. Indeed. Well, yeah, that is it for the for the little discussion. We haven't really like had like a debate style. It's just kind of a discussion because it just came up. Because I don't think you could argue either way. Again, I think I probably would have argued for the Warriors, but James would argue for the Bulls. But it could go either way. But yeah, that is it for this episode. So remember to subscribe, like, and comment on the YouTube. Also, there's uh, uh, ratings on Spotify now. So leave a five-star rating on Spotify and on Apple Music and subscribe to the podcast there. Check out our new website. Check out. We have a new website. WordPress.com. Just launched it the other day. Yes. We'll be posting content there as well. And also you can see some pictures of us as well. And learn about us as, as people. So yeah, we have that as well. It'll be in link. It'll be in the link trees and all of our socials. So yeah, you can check Twitter, Instagram. We have everything in there as well. So yeah, shouting out everything at the episode. But yeah, that is it for all of us. We will see y'all next week, and we'll hopefully keep y'all updated on the All Star and MVP voting and all that stuff in the coming weeks. So yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Yeah.